Welcome to Zen Bones. This is Mark Lesser. Zen Bones is a bi-weekly podcast featuring conversations with leading teachers and activists and an exploration of Zen teachings and practices. Please support our work by making a donation at marklesser.net slash donate. I'm doing what I can is today's episode. We begin with a short guided meditation, and then I do a short talk about pessimism and optimism, grief and joy, and cutting through the dualities of our modern world and life and doing what we can with spaciousness and with possibility. Today's Zen puzzler is a traditional Zen koan called Pai Chang's Fox, and it's about not avoiding cause and effect and finding our freedom right in the midst of being fully immersed in this world, right? doing, doing what we can. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's begin by doing a few minutes of sitting practice together. Gently bringing attention to the body, relaxing, relaxing the jaw, relaxing the muscles in the face, opening, opening the chest and shoulders, and being, being embodied, feeling our bodies. If there's any place where there's any tension or holding, giving that some, some attention, relaxing, relaxing, and using, using the breath as a focal point and anchor as well. Yeah, breathing in. I know that I'm breathing in. Breathing out. I know that I'm breathing out. This approach and attitude of uh, nothing, uh, nothing to accomplish. What a relief, nothing to accomplish right, right now. Now there'll be plenty of time later for accomplishing, but for now, letting it all go with each, uh, with each exhale, a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more alert at the same time. Uh, This practice is about uh, waking up letting go of our usual judgments and limitations, criticisms, 
yeah, I was, I was feeling a little uh, unmoored this morning, and and it's okay, you know, it's okay. Uh, sometimes, um, as we feel feel the changes. little bit less holding on, a little bit more of uh, letting go. And so letting, uh, letting thoughts, of course, um, letting thinking mind do its thing, but no need to follow patterns of thinking and gently coming back to the breath, to the body. No other time than right now. No other time. And no other place than right, right here. The whole world is right here and now. And nowhere to go. Nothing, nothing that needs changing or that needs to be accomplished. Uh, allowing, allowing the sense of uh, acceptance and love, self-love and love for the people in our lives, uh, both uh, giving and receiving, becoming more and more receptive with each each breath. And, uh, and keeping it simple, uh, just uh, breathing in and breathing out here, alive. And I'm uh, I'm going to uh, ring the bell and change gears, but you can feel free to continue continue with this practice this practice of just just sitting.
so I'm uh, going to talk about I'm doing I'm doing what I can. Continue this line from uh, a Rumi poem just came into my mind. Um, let the beauty, let the beauty, be you know what you do. Yeah, it's okay to kneel and kiss, kiss the ground, uh, feeling, feeling the beauty of being um, alive. And I notice, you know, these days, you know, living in the world, my, my own, you know, I'm, I'm reading a lot. I'm writing a lot. I sometimes feel angry. I sometimes feel happy. I'm I'm grieving. I'm doing what I can to take care of myself. Sometimes I'm quite pessimistic about things. Sometimes I'm quite optimistic about things. And I'm at the heart. I'm I'm doing what I can do. And I hope that you are too. You know, there's so much to be um, to be upset or angry about. You know, the the thinking of the racism, young black men being uh, needlessly harmed, killed. The what seems like the endless uh, gun violence and the silence and lack of courage of our leaders. Easy to be angry or frustrated about so many of our systems, our financial systems, our food systems, our financial systems. Again, what a world, what a world that we live in. And, and sometimes I am aware of my own sense of uh, grieving, grieving for a our country that refuses to engage with our history and refusing to find ways to fully acknowledge and embrace and heal. You know, sometimes um, grieving for how some companies, you know, treat their employees, the power of greed, the loss of community, the loneliness, and, you know, and I'm I'm doing what I can. And one of the things that I'm, I'm doing a lot of is uh, reading. I've been studying Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind by Shinryu Suzuki, coming back to that, to that book again and again about the power of meditation and non-duality. And I'm reading a book called These Truths by Jill Lepore. I'm actually rereading re this book uh, for the third time. It's a book about American history uh, through the lens of greed and hate and delusion, as well as uh, love and compassion and possibility. And I've been reading a uh, a book called uh, Vasubandhu's Three Natures. Vasubandhu, a Zen teacher in India from the first or second century. It's a deep and mysterious and practical text, again, about 
cutting through, cutting through the dualities of this and that, of holding on and letting go of success and failure. And then there's my daily, uh, my daily habit of uh, reading the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal. I, I love this combination of starting my day with uh, meditation practice, kind of clearing, clearing the decks, clearing the way, and, um, but then stepping in, stepping into the world of what, what's happening in our world, uh, what's happening in, in my, own, my own life, and, and doing what I can to take uh, care of myself. Uh, I generally like to uh, start every day with some stretching and exercise after after my morning meditation. I like to go for a uh, four to five mile walk each day. And I love my, my practice of cooking and enjoying uh, having meals with um, family and friends. I meet uh, each month with a group of my uh, peers. It's a group of CEOs that's been meeting for about 15 years. Uh, important to have a uh, ongoing peer group. And I'm really good at my practice of sleep, making sure that I get my, you know, seven, seven and a half hours of sleep every every night. And and I also try to um, make sure to have ongoing connective conversations with family and friends. So with all of that, you know, I, I sometimes feel quite um, pessimistic, right? It doesn't, it doesn't take much to be alarmed by what's happening in our, in our world. And again, I'm, I think of what I've been calling my my inner Homer, Homer Simpson, right? That why does everything have to be so hard? Why does everything have to be so hard? Why, why is change and healing, uh, positive change, healing, why is it so difficult? And at the same time, I notice I'm, I can't help but be uh, optimistic, uh, feeling some passion and creativity about people doing amazing things all around me, the work that's happening slowly, of course, you know, around healing and racism and climate change, uh, the amazing things happening in the world of music, in socially responsible business. You know, I've been doing some work I'm, I'm preparing right now for a retreat that I'm helping to lead of, of wildland firefighters, these young elite athletes who have uh, devoted their lives to helping through, uh, through working skillfully with, uh, with fire, with fires. Yeah, and the world, the world of uh, socially responsible business that I, I course in and I'm, I feel inspired and optimistic by the creative and amazing things that I see. So I'm doing what I can, right? I attempt I attempt to keep an attitude and approach of possibility, uh, transforming, transforming difficulty and pain and challenges into possibility in my writing, in my teaching, 
in my Zen group. And, and though, you know, it, it often doesn't quite feel like enough, I keep coming back to, I'm doing what I can with anger, with grieving, with reading, with self-care, sometimes pessimistic, more often optimistic. I hope that you are doing what you can. I hope that you are taking care of yourself. And I think of a, um, a beautiful poem that epitomizes self-care and well-being called The Song of the Grass Roof Hermitage by Zen teacher Shitao, who lived in China during the ninth century. And the poem is in a book called Inside the Grass Hut. It's a translation book by Ben Connolly in which the, the first two lines are, I've built a hut where there's nothing of value. After eating, I relax and enjoy a nap. And then the last portion of the poem says, let go of hundreds of years and relax completely. Open your hands and walk innocent. Thousands of words, myriad interpretations, are only to free you from obstructions. Let go of hundreds of years and relax completely. Open your hands and walk. Walk with innocence. Thousands of words and myriad interpretations are only, they're only there to free you from obstructions. And I suspect that life in uh, ninth century China was Im immensely challenging and stressful. And I love Shi Tao's advice of napping, uh, relaxing, opening our hands, walking with innocence. And I appreciate the frames, how he frames living our lives as you know, one interpretation after another and finding, finding freedom from these obstructions. And the, I think one of the key practices here in I'm doing what I can and we are all doing what we can, I, I hope, is seeing, you know, seeing what is and feeling a sense of spaciousness, practicing spaciousness and possibility. You know, sometimes we need to work with a sense of focus and urgency. But even then, even is it possible you know, I, I, I used to feel that, especially in my time working in the Zen kitchen with a sense of urgency and focus. At the same time, there was a sense of spaciousness, just doing what I could do in that moment. This image of making an offering, this image of producing, producing great meals, and coming back uh, to the spaciousness of body, breath, mind. Staying, staying uh, optimistic, uh, optimistic, right in the midst of the stresses and challenges of our daily lives. Doing what we can with spaciousness. Welcome to the Zen Bones Puzzler where I will regularly be presenting a story or a Zen cone or a poem, something to contemplate, to think about, a story that has purpose. It's about developing greater insight and reflection, not so much for a solution, 
but as a way to support your practice, a kind of meditation in daily life. So I'm happy to introduce today's Zen puzzler. Again, these are my taking some traditional and non-traditional Zen stories and using them as a way to support us, help us in our daily lives in this modern world. A friend asked me this morning, what is a Zen koan anyhow? And uh, I said that these are, you know, traditionally there are several collections of, of Zen stories. Mostly the traditional Zen stories come from 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th century China, kind of the height of Tang Dynasty China. And there is a whole school of Zen, the uh, Rinzai, you know, Rinzai tradition that uses these koans very formally, actually, as the path toward awakening. And essentially, these are uh, stories or dialogues that are with the aim of helping us cut through the dual world, the dualistic world of this or that, of life and death, of success and failure, cutting through how easily we get, we get caught. But also I think they are meant to bring us deeply into our heart center, uh, getting out of our intellectual way of seeing things and uh, yeah, entering, entering our hearts, which, you know, again, that's, um, that's really my hope and aspiration for uh, this podcast and these talks, Zen bones, uh, Zen bones, ancient wisdom, ancient wisdom for modern times. So today's, um, uh, today's Zen puzzler comes from a very traditional koan called Pai Chang's Fox. It is a, it's kind of a long story, but the key, the key to it is this, I think somewhat renowned Zen teacher is asked, you know, is, 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 I think probably after he gives a traditional Zen lecture, someone asks him, does a fully enlightened person fall under the law of cause and effect or not? Right is is a fully enlightened person? Do they still do they still live in the world you know of cause and effect, the world of of karma, the world of influence, being influenced and influencing? And in this case, the teacher says no. A fully enlightened person is no longer you know subject to cause and effect. The story is that this person is. Um, Turned into a fox, and uh, and apparently in China, during this time, uh, this was not a good thing. Uh, this was a very kind of punishing, negative consequence of saying uh, that a fully enlightened person does not um, is not subject to uh, cause and effect. One of the commentaries, a verse in this particular koan. Uh, the person who's collecting the story says, not falling, not evading, 
two faces of the same die, not evading, not falling, a thousand mistakes, 10,000 mistakes. And then at some point in this story, the same, the same teacher somehow is given, given another chance and is asked to answer this question. And he, and this time, this time he says, yes, you know, when asked, does a fully enlightened person come under the subject to cause and effect? And he is uh, released from the body of a fox and becomes back to being himself as, in the human, human form as a Zen teacher. And I think this is very much connected to the topic here of I, I'm doing I'm doing what I can. And that we, you know, we live in this crazy mixed up world where there are so many difficult, often horrible things happening, so many ways to get caught, you know, from our, whether it's our gender or our ethnic background or our politics, um, our views, our views about things. And and I think this story is saying we have to we have to somehow take on and integrate all of the things in our world, all of the things in our relationships. I've often heard people say, if you want to see how someone's Zen practice is going, ask their wife or their husband, uh, ask their children that we can't help uh, living in this human world of cause and effect of influencing and being influenced and and somehow finding the freedom and spaciousness and possibility right in the midst of working uh, with all of the causes and effects of all parts of our lives finding freedom finding spaciousness cutting through finding our real positive power positive influence uh, right in the midst of living fully, fully in our, with our families, with our friends, with our, with our work, with our communities, um, uh, finding freedom right in the midst of the world of cause and effect. I hope you've appreciated today's episode. To learn more about my work and my new book, Finding Clarity, you can visit marklesser.net. This podcast is offered freely and relies on the financial support from listeners like you. Please donate at marklesser.net slash donate. Thank you very much.